This morning is our third installment on, um, on gazing and beholding King Jesus. What a great season to do this. And, you know, we were singing a song and, 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 and talking about the sacrifice that Jesus paid at the cross. And we're all so familiar with that. And we understand it because we actually saw the pain, the torment, and everything that, that was involved with him on the cross. But we haven't really, I don't feel like we've really um, fully understood what it meant for him to come as a baby. So picture this. You have the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit who has forever been. There was no beginning. There will be no end. And Jesus, as the Word, before he became Jesus, he was the Word. He was the Word. He was always the Word. He was the Word that spoke and created order. He was out of chaos. He spoke, and the universe was created. And the moment of time came that was prophesied by Isaiah. It was prophesied that he would come, that the Word would now become the Son and the son would come and save a people. He would come because he heard the cry of an orphan planet that said, help. And so he came. And think about the sacrifice that it took. He didn't just come for a moment and say, okay, for 33 years, we're going to do this. But he, they decided together. They decided that he, the word of God, would come and become flesh. That he would get seated into a little girl who's 14 years old named Mary. That he, she would be breathed upon by the Holy Spirit. And Jesus, the Son of God, the word of God, the word of God would get clothed in flesh. And he would start out as a whisper, as a zygote, something that couldn't even be seen with the human eye. And he would grow and be knit together in her womb. The word, he left his place with the father to be knit Within the womb of creation, the uncreated one said, I am going to put on creation in order that I can save those that are mine. And then when he died and ascended, he's seated at the right hand of the father and he's still Jesus. He is still clothed in flesh for all eternity. And so if you think about the sacrifice, to me, this was the greater sacrifice. The beauty of the word that became flesh so that the flesh could be connected again to the word. And so I wanted to talk to you tonight about this season of celebrating this immaculate conception, which is the virgin birth, which culminated in the incarnation. 
where God and man once again are joined and will forever be joined. And so that what happened in that moment when Jesus was born, when Jesus was conceived and then Jesus was born, you have somebody, I heard somebody say, yeah, the first miracle was that Jesus turned a major into a five-star hotel. Amen? <laughs> it's like the kings of the earth all of a sudden want to go to the manger, you know, with the stinky animals and the poop. I mean, come on. That's a miracle right there. And, so, and let's take gold bars with us, by the way, P.S., and so that to me is, is so remarkable, is that it's set in motion events in the earth that so the earth would never be the same again. Amen? So Jesus, without ceasing the divinity of who Jesus was and who the word was, Jesus did not become God. Jesus continued to be God when Jesus was put within, the, when the word came within the womb of Mary. So he didn't all of a sudden become God. He was always God and came and became 100% man because he was already 100% God. So Jesus didn't become God when Jesus became Jesus. Does that make sense? So without, so Jesus, without ceasing, he now became the Son of God, and he now is the Son of Man forever. So we didn't experience God. He was God. So I want you to think about this. His life was only a process by which this innate divinity came into its own. So his task was threefold as the divine nature of God came within man. He was called Emmanuel for the purpose of, of saying to us there was an announcement and there was a there was a beckoning that came forth. It was Emmanuel because Emmanuel means God with man. So from the point that Jesus came onto the earth as a child, God was now with man. God was now clothed with flesh. God forever would be the son of man and the son of God. And so his task was threefold. Number one, to place divine reality and power squarely in the realm of the human consciousness. That now the divinity of God was approachable and we now had within us that reality. We now understood and could have the revelation of who God was. It's, he's no longer at a distance, but he's now up close and personal so that we would understand the revelation of this divinity. And the second is to reflect the holy purity in his relation to all things. So now all of nature, all of existence, all feelings and emotions, everything that you experience can be seen through a grid of his holiness. Can be, we can now touch the hem of his garment in a way that transforms us to be like him. Number three, to contain the infinite love and his divine nature within our very flesh and blood. That we now have access to the fullness of God. And his, his time on this earth was not um, just to show us God, but it was to show us who we can be in God. 
So I want to talk to you a little bit about this immaculate conception. And I love how these two things, the immaculate conception and the incarnation, have been prophesied about. In Isaiah 7.14, and I love Isaiah because I think Isaiah had the, out of all of the prophets, Isaiah had an understanding of the gospel unlike any other prophet. And it's almost like the, the whole book of Isaiah is a gospel in and of itself. In the way that he foresaw Jesus and he foresaw the incarnation of man. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son. And he sh we shall call him Emmanuel, which means, of course, Christ with us or God with man. And then Isaiah in, in um, chapter 9, and this is a favorite uh, Christmas passage, chapter 9 Verses 6 and 7. For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his government and peace there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom, to order it and establish it with judgment and justice. From that time forward, even forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. And so he prophesies these two things are going to come to pass. He, he prophesies about a miracle, a virgin birth, something that is humanly impossible. And so he prophesies that the God of all creation is going to make this happen. And then he prophesies that there will be an incarnation, God with man, God with man, God with man. And so what's happening at that time is so much more than baby Jesus in the manger. What happens is that Jesus, when he came, he came and he said, I may be a baby, but I have now become a mediator. You know what a mediator is, right? You've seen where you've got, um, you know, two different parties. And what a mediator does is he takes and he brings peace or he brings agreement between two separate parties. And so Jesus came and he, he's bringing agreement between man and God. What he's doing is he's, he's a mediator between the two so that the two can finally come together as one. And so we can abide in that place of peace because the mediator has now made it happen for us. He is the king of peace. He is the king of reconciliation. He has reconciled us back to God, where is the place of our home, where we finally feel like we belong and that we're no longer strangers in a land full of strangers, but we've now found our home. And it's that very thing that causes us when we realize this is reality, this is what's true, that we want to scream from the mountaintops and say, listen, there is hope for the world, and the hope for the world was a baby who was born in a manger who reconciled us back to God so we no longer have to be afraid and we no longer have to be orphans. And so these six things of mediation, these six purposes of mediation, I want to go through them. The first is to reveal God to humanity. 
that Jesus, through this reconciliation, he came and his life, what he did is he said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And so he showed us perfectly and beautifully what the Father looks like. And he was no longer just about a far distant God that we all had to be afraid of. But now he was a father and somebody who was approachable and and, and put into family terms. He was a perfect, loving, gracious, patient, long-suffering, joyful father. That when we make mistakes... He's easy, fast to forgive us. We can go to him, and he's approachable, and we can say, listen, I tried my best, but I actually got it wrong, and so, God, would you forgive me? It is like, bam, it is done, and you're brought back in. You're brought back in. There was never a distance. The distance was on our part, and he's just like, look, my heart is your home forever and ever. There's a man, um, a Catholic cardinal and Swiss theologian. His name is Hans Balthazar. And he said this. He said, even in the unveiled sight of eternity, we shall never see God in any other way but in his sovereign, incomprehensible self-revelation in which he gives himself, stepping forth out of his unapproachable being, and bridging an infinite chasm which separates us from him. So he came to close the gap, to become human forever, to take on flesh forever. All eternity, he will be a man. And I love what he said here about incomprehensible self-revelation and how he gives himself to us now that he himself will reveal himself. He's like, I've chosen now to show you every day over and over and over waves of who I am that the revelation of who I am can only come through me. And the revelation of who I am is the very thing that transforms us into your likeness. And he's like, approach me. Watch me. Don't know. Don't look over there. Don't look at those people. Don't look at that, that, that fearful thing. Don't look at those opinions. Don't look at all of that. Look at me. Look at me. I am the one who I'm going to show you who you are. If you know who you are, you can defeat the enemy. If you know who you are, you can love the unlovable. If you know who you are, you will be strengthened in your inner man. These two natures of divinity and humanity have become one in the person of the divine son, Jesus Christ. For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. The second thing that he did as mediator was to provide a high priest that is interceding for us and able to sympathize with our human weakness. Hebrews 4 tells us that he is our high priest and he, and he, and he, 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 he sympathizes with our struggles because he actually was tempted in all things. He was tempted in all things. And so I love, I love how the Lord gives us authority over the things that we overcome. 
We struggle with pornography. We struggle with sex addiction. We struggle with uh, alcohol addiction, drug addiction. Now, we've overcome in that place. Now, therefore, since we've overcome, we can help others overcome. We have the power over that. We have a power and authority over that. Therefore, we can speak to those things for other people. Right? Amen. The third thing is to offer humanity a pattern of the fullness of the human life. How absolutely incredible is he who can contain all that God is and hold it together in perfect harmony and love. He came and he said, let me show you how this works. That, uh, that within all of creation, while I was on the earth, and even now, I can show you the harmonious lifestyle that you can have. The lifestyle that goes beyond what you can hope and imagine. How many of you have a plan, like a five-year, three-year plan for your life? Like, come on. I know you all have it, and if you don't, come on. I will guarantee you, like one person, my husband raised his hand. But don't worry, he's married to me. <laughs> that plan changes on a daily basis. It's like, um, no, seriously. We have these plans, and... And God keeps going, you know, we think we know because we've, we've determined within our minds, okay, this is going to be the best. I've got, I know how this is going to go, and I've got the plan. Okay, I can see how this would work out this way because this is what the best is. And the Lord is like, <laughs> that's awesome. I am in perfect harmony and have shown you the perfect harmonious lifestyle, the fullness of love and life that I can have is within me. And I'm going to, more than you can hope or imagine, because your mind cannot even go to the places that God has created for you. It's beyond comprehension how much God has planned for your life and how he loves to surprise us with him doing it for us, right? Come on. The fourth thing is to provide a substitutionary sacrifice for the sins of all humanity. Uh, Hebrews 10 tells us that he has offered one sacrifice for sin forever and sat down at the right hand of the Father. Praise the Lord for that. Um, I don't have to pay for my own sin. You know, the list of my sins and the list of, uh, of my life before and after salvation, it would, it would go from the ceiling, I don't know, it would like bust through and go to China and um, so, I mean, thank goodness for the blood of Jesus, right? I don't have to pay that price. Um, all right, the fifth thing, to bind up demonic powers. He restored dominion to, of humanity to the planet Earth, and he brought us back to our purpose and the things that we were meant to be. And we get to, we get to kick some booty. We get to kick some demon booty. We have the power of God that raised Christ from the dead that lives on the inside of us. I had somebody uh, email me this past week, and I think they're from California, and they said, hey, you don't know me. I've been watching you on web stream, but um, I, you just have to pray for me because uh, the demons are, are attacking me. And, and actually, it's not my first email from him. It's several emails that we've gotten. And so I finally just emailed him back, and I'm like, dude, Seriously, those demons have no power over you other than what you give them. 
Okay, let me just tell you, this is what you need to do, is you need to start speaking to those things and command them to go in Jesus' name. You're covered by the blood of the Lamb, and the things that you believe and the power that you believe is inside of you is the power that will be inside of you, okay? Okay, uh, 1 John 3, 8 said, For this purpose the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of darkness. And number six, the reason for his... Um, bringing us back together as one, to provide humanity a final judge at the end times. Um, John 5.22 said, For the Father judges no one, but has committed all judgment to the Son. Um, and then I want to give you a quote, and I was really surprised when I saw this um, from Napoleon Bonaparte. Right? Whom, how many of you knew he was a believer? Like hardcore believer, not like, rudimentary believer. Um, so I want to read to you this quote. He said this, I know me and I can tell you that Jesus Christ is not a mere man. Superficial minds see a resemblance between Christ and the founders of empires and the gods of other religions. That resemblance does not exist. There is between Christianity and whatever religions the distance of infinity. Between him and whoever else in the world, there is no possible comparison. He is truly a being by himself. His ideas and his sentiments, the truth which he announces, his manner of convincing are not explained either by human organization or by the nature of things. His religion is a revelation from an intelligence which certainly is not that of man. There is a profound originality which has created a series of words and maxims that were before unknown. Neither history, nor humanity, nor the ages, nor nature offer me anything which, which I am able to compare the gospel. Here, everything is extraordinary. The more I consider the gospel, the more I am assured that there is nothing there which is not beyond the march of events and above human mind. And so he understand that everything that Christ did to bring the good news of the mediation, the reconciliation between God and man as a baby changed everything. And all of history from before he was born for all eternity was transformed by the man, the, the word that decided to come down and save the earth. The, the, he decided, I'll go. Dad, I'll go. I'll bring them home. I'll reconcile man back to you. I'll recreate a new creation. I'll create those that have God within them. And that no hell will prevail against them. 
and forever. They will be changed because of this, what I'm doing, that I and them, I will be a forerunner. I'll show them how it's done. He came to earth. He was wrapped in flesh within the frame of his mother. He became what we are that we might, that he might bring us to be even what he himself is. And so, God, I do. I just thank you. Let's pray. I thank you, Father, for the brilliance of your son, for the sacrifice of the word that became flesh and dwells among us, that even now is seated at the right hand of the Father and is forever fully man and fully God. And I thank you, Father, that he came as an example of who we will be, who we are, that when we say yes and the Spirit of the Lord comes within us, that we too are God and man. We too are God women and God men in the earth. That we too have become like Christ ones. We are the anointed ones. And I thank you, Father. And we just bless you, God, in all of, of your brilliance and, and majesty and the thinking that goes beyond even what we can hope or imagine. And I ask, God, that in these days of increase, you would begin to reconcile all of the places within us that still don't believe. That, Father, we would be fully convinced of who Jesus is, that we would be fully convinced of who we are in Christ. And I just ask for that, that during this Christmas season, and we sing, oh, come all ye faithful, that we would be the ones that are saying we are the faithful ones. We are coming to you, Jesus, the one and only Son of God. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope this message was a blessing to you. If you would like to partner with us, you can visit storehousedallas.com forward slash give or you can send a text message with an amount to 84321. Thank you very much for your contributions.